Words matter. They can change the course of your day. Just listen. You are brave. You are stronger than you think. You have value, worth, and dignity. Don't you feel better already? Welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. Join author and board-certified life coach Janelle Reardon as she opens a very important conversation about the power of our words. Hello and welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. I am Janelle, your host for today's conversation. Okay, I broke a promise. I said we were through with our mini-series on marriage and emotional connection, but I couldn't help myself. After our last conversation, I just felt I would be shortchanging all of us if I didn't address the topic of assertiveness. And as I call it in my next book in 2021, Stronger Than Ever, healthy assertiveness. I had to add this A into our series of A's. Uh, Season two, episode 19, we talked all about secure attachment attachment theory, and how attachment plays into our capacity and our ability to have emotional connection. When and if we are denied the powerful, powerful foundational life tool of secure attachment, it affects how we are going to be able to emotionally and relationally bond and connect and develop intimacy with those in our spheres. And so go back and listen to that, episode 19. Episode 20, we talked about attunement and how important awareness and attunement, they're synonymous kind of, but go back and listen to episode 20 and how important it is to understand that Attunement, really tuning into the other people, other person in the conversation and in your relationships is to developing relational strength, relational intimacy. We moved from attunement to acceptance. You know, I'm a teacher, I have to review. And when we move through life from a stance of acceptance, we offer everyone in our spheres of influence a lot more grace. In acceptance lies peace. Acceptance breeds grace and not shame and judgment. So that was an important episode, episode 21. And I have to say, I learned so much myself, as I always do, when I bring these topics and words to you. Oh my goodness, I just learned so much. And I'm far more conscientious about how I am interacting with the closest people to me. It's really important. This is the whole benefit of personal and emotional and relational spiritual growth. The the benefit of growing is absolutely benefiting just beautiful fruit on the tree, you know, to go with the growing metaphor. Then in episode 22, we added the accountability factor and how there is a tension between acceptance and accountability. 
really a tension of just not letting anybody do whatever they want to do, we have to know how to establish mental and emotional boundaries in order to hold someone accountable for their unhealthy behaviors and communication skills. So in the Speak Healing Words community, you know we are committed to that three-fold cord of emotional health and mental fitness. That healthy sense of self, healthy behavior patterns, and healthy communication skills. And I am 1,000% solidified in my passion that when this three-fold cord is in practice, it's activated, that we actually optimize our brain and our heart and our mind and our body to be its God-breathed best. Ah, so powerful. Simply listening to someone tell their story can fill you with empathy and compassion. It can lead to forgiveness. Think of everything you learn by listening carefully to someone talk. Often you can guess their age and their gender, maybe where they grew up. Often you can feel the emotions they feel, their happiness, their fear, their love. I add to this, a human voice can heal a family, a generation. Just one voice. I actually, I get so emotional reading these words because they are so much a part of the fabric of what and why and how and when and where of what I do of helping each and every one of us speak, use healing, healthy words, healing words in a healthy emotional language within our families and and really to ourselves. How do you talk to yourself, right? I, woo, I have a lot of negative self-talk that goes on inside of my sweet little head here. Assertiveness is a core communication skill. So we've moved beyond our healthy sense of self, our healthy behavior patterns. And in this session, we're going to hone in on that third chord of our threefold chord, healthy communication skills. So assertiveness is a healthy, healthy, healthy core communication skill. And honestly, if we, if we have not grown up in that environment that created secure attachment in an environment where we felt safe, an environment where we, where we saw healthy communication imaged to us and healthy behavior patterns, then we are at a, a default here. We, we didn't have that privilege, but we can have it now. And you know what I say, once you know better, you do better. And that is definitely what we're doing here. How we express ourselves effectively and how we stand up for our point of view is what healthy assertiveness is all about. So if we, if we want a textbook definition, it goes like this. Assertiveness is being forthright about your own wants and needs while still considering the rights, needs, and wants of others. So when I am practicing healthy assertiveness, this 
core communication skill. I know how to effectively express my point of view and I stand up for that point of view while also respecting the rights and beliefs of others. Oh my goodness, if I could rewind and reset my family's clock. You know, I say this all the time. If I knew now what I if I knew then what I know now, but I would definitely stand upon this core communication skill even more than my husband and I already did. That using your voice to express your point of view while respecting the other person. Assertive people are self-assured, confident, and empathic. Also, when you own and practice this healthy assertiveness, it boosts your self-respect, your self-esteem. So you see how intricately these are woven together like a threefold cord. All these strands woven together that once I have a healthy sense of self, I'm more able to practice healthy behavior patterns and utilize healthy communication skills. So they all three are so tightly woven that I can't separate them at all. So that's why we stand on that in this community. Once I respect myself, I know my voice and we equate voice with value. So when I say I'm using my voice, it honestly reflects that I know and believe that I, Janelle, have value, worth, and dignity. Okay, I'm trying to make this so crystal clear because it gets so layered. Emotional health, mental fitness, emotional healing, all of this can become layered. But as I say all the time, Emotional healing doesn't have to be so complicated. And that's what I am trying to do is just make it so simple that when I know whose I am and who I am, and I write all about that in Overcoming Hurtful Words, then I have a God-breathed identity and I move through life with a self-assurance, with a confidence, with a, with a deep humility that what I have been given has been given to me by God because you know I frame my life through the Judeo-Christian worldview So when I know that I have this value, worth, and dignity, then I can use my voice and have this practice of healthy assertiveness. That will boost my self-esteem. It will help me manage my stress on every level of my life. And it increases my uh, true sense of joy and meaning because I'm not repressing, suppressing, being oppressed, I am not just shutting up because why? My voice doesn't matter. I am not crumbling in a pile of emotional tears because I cannot confront someone. No, I am confident of my value, worth, and dignity. I know my voice. So we also know that it's not what just what you say, but it's Yeah, you're going to fill in that blank really fast, aren't you? It's not what you say. It's how you say it. So that prosody. Prosody is a big word for tone of voice. Go on back to episode five, way back to the beginning, 
and really listen in, even pause right now, because I think the rest of today will make a lot more sense if you go back and listen to episode five, prosody, prosody. Poison, is it poison? Prosody, poison or power. So if you've gone to listen to episode five, welcome back. So it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's the prosody, it's the nonverbal. Remember nonverbal makes up like 87% of our communication. So if I say something with a sarcastic tone, or I'm passive aggressive, or I'm too aggressive, I'm shy and, oh, then I am not honoring my voice. I'm not honoring my God-breathed identity. No, I'm not. So we, we have to take a moment now to pause and go, then what's the difference between assertive and aggressive because there's a huge chasm between the two. And a lot of times an assertive person is misconstrued as a aggressive person. Yeah. So remember that I said assertiveness is being forthright about your own wants and needs being able to voice your point of view while still considering the rights, wants, and needs of others. When I'm assertive, I'm self-assured, I'm confident, and I'm empathic, and I really want to add, I'm humble. Like, I have grown in my capacity to be more assertive because I actually have a deep sense of humility that God and God alone has enabled me to be where and who I am today. Aggressive people, on the other hand, are selfish, self-gratifying, and egocentric. Egocentric. Hmm. So in my private practice, now just keep those thoughts rolling around in the front of your mind in that prefrontal cortex, When I am offering my clients uh, information on how to increase their healthy assertiveness, this is after we have walked through uh, the heart lift method. We have looked at the heart rifts in our life. We have made peace with them. We We have heart shifted all of those issues. We've made peace with them. We have left them here in the present fully, um, fully embraced and laid to rest and we've made peace and we move on into the heart lift area where we are learning these new skills. So I ask them these key points and I to ask themselves when they think about how they are relating to other people. Am I stating my point of view or request directly, diplomatically, and clearly? Three very key components of being a a woman or a man or a child who practices healthy assertiveness. Am I direct? Am I saying what I mean? My daughter Brooke always says to me when she was younger, I don't really remember the details, but she would be kind of passive aggressive in, oh, you know, this is really pretty. Or if we were in a store, really like this and Finally, I mean, it was going on and on. And I was like, Brooke, just say what you mean. Well, she says that was a defining moment in her life. And, and 
believe me, I'm so thankful because she speaks directly and it's lovely. I value it so much and learn from her all the time because I have said, I'm an Enneagram too. If you're aware of the Enneagrams, I'm a two, which is really the good old people pleaser, uh, hate confrontation. I serve to get uh, people to like me. And so healthy assertiveness, you can't see me, but I'm raising my hand, is an area in my life that I have been desperate to develop and, and grow. So it is near and dear to my heart. Trust me. I am, um, whew, it is a, it's a big problem in my life. And it's so funny that I'm talking about that this is this week because I've been challenged in so many ways to actually speak up and use my healthy assertiveness skill. Another question that I ask is, am I speaking from a calm, centered place? Okay, I know right now you want to turn this off and go, sweetie, girl, girl, you have no idea. When somebody, you know, just blindsides you and they're ugly and they're using horrible words. Trust me, I wrote a whole book, Overcoming Hurtful Words, Rewrite Your Own Story on how to handle this. And um, I know that I know how difficult it is to not react, but to respond. So I'm going to grab Overcoming Hurtful Words, my book, and just kind of take a pause here. If you have the book, you can turn to page 34, 35, and 36. To help myself grow in healthy assertiveness, I created this five-step plan towards being whole so that my healthy sense of self and would enable me to know my value, worth, and dignity so that I would be able to speak up and not allow people to rule me, not allow people to tell me how to live my life, not let people rule me. There's no other way to say it. I needed a whole lot of help. So I created these five steps and they are based on the word whole, W-H-O-L-E. So just think about them in light of healthy assertiveness today. So let's just pretend that you're in a confrontation, you're in an argument, or someone's hurt your feelings, or you need to confront someone on something. First and foremost, you want to welcome God in. And I do that so quickly by just saying a three-word prayer. Help me, God. Help me, God. In that millisecond between the stimulus and the response, that sacred space where I can either react horribly Say something I don't want to say, you know, I can never take back. I'm saying it off the cuff. I've given it no emotional regulation. I'm practicing none of my emotional health tools. I just fly off the handle. I've learned through practice, 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 and more practice to take a breath and to say, God, help me. Sometimes I say, God, please help me. So we welcome God in, we hold fast to our truth. Immediately, I'm going to go, Janelle Reardon, you have value, worth, and dignity. So before I react, I encourage, I remind myself 
that I have value, worth, and dignity, and therefore I will handle myself with healthy assertiveness in this confrontation, in this conversation. This isn't always a, a confrontation or an argument or a fight. Healthy assertiveness is a skill to be used in a conversation where perhaps you would stuff something, repress it, or repress, you know, suppress it. So I want to welcome God in. I want to hold fast to my truth that I have value, worth, and dignity, and that I can use my voice because God gave it to me, and I will use it wisely, and I will listen to the other side of the conversation. I then move to overcoming any unhealthy reactions, which I've already imaged right here. I've just I've shared it with you already. I'm going to immediately be aware. I'm aware I could say something really dangerous right now and harm the person. I could stuff it and harm myself. So once I've welcomed God in and I've said, God, help me. I hold fast to my value, my worth, and my dignity. I remind myself. I take a breath. I quickly become aware of my healthy, unhealthy, my unhealthy reaction in order to have a healthy response. I listen between the lines immediately, and then I elevate the atmosphere. So let's just kind of hone in on the overcoming unhealthy reactions. I think that's really what we're talking about today. You can read more about it in overcoming hurtful words. And I've talked about this on earlier podcasts for sure. But overcome is a powerful word. In fact, it's one we hear a great deal about, but we, I don't think we really understand it. So to understand it, we have to go back to its Greek, uh, Greek meaning, to its root, yakol, which means able. Able to gain or accomplish, able to endure, able to reach, to have ability or strength. So to overcome unhealthy reactions means I am able, that I actually am able. There's a skill within my God-breathed identity that I have to tap into. I have to do my part. I have to do my heart work. I have to do my emotional, personal growth work. I'm sorry, there's no way around it. This does take some work. It takes practice. And it's not an easy skill, but it's an empowering skill. So we can go one step further and look at the word able, and that means having the power, skill, or means, or opportunity to do something. I know you can see me doing my happy dance right now because we are able to reframe any unhealthy interpersonal relationship skills we have absorbed from our family of origins, from toxic relationships, from hurtful hurtful words and actions of others from you fill in the blank. Sometimes it's trauma and abuse. And boy, I tell you, I see a lot of that. And so a lot of times when we have complex trauma histories, we disconnect from our body. That's called disembodied. We're disintegrated. And we struggle to feel safe in our own skin. 
So if we don't feel safe in our own skin, how on earth are we going to allow or feel, be able to feel safe in the presence of someone else? So that's an, another topic for another day. But I don't want to skip over the fact that if you have had trauma in your childhood, if you've had abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, if you have had any of these uh events in your life that have disabled you and disconnected you, that's why you're here to learn these skills. And the beauty is we are able. I just love that. We are able. Ah, it makes me do that. Happy dance. Can't help it. We have the God-breathed capacity to do this. So as I write in Overcoming Hurtful Words and speak almost daily here in our community is we frame our lives in those two words, healthy and unhealthy. So this takes God's help. It takes intentional action, but we will overcome and we will um, train ourselves to practice these healthy, healthy skills. So let me go on with our list. I, I want to go back to our list of practicing assertiveness and those questions and those key points to keep at hand. As I review it, am I stating my point of view or request directly, diplomatically and clearly? Am I speaking from a calm, centered place? Do I need to take a deep breath and find a few minutes to get a calm, centered, get to a calm, centered place? So that's two different questions. One is addressing, um, am I speaking from a calm, centered place? And then if you don't have that centered place, you need to go find it. Whether it's lock yourself in your room. If you have small children, make sure they're safe. Walk out of the room. Take a breath. Close your eyes. Do a grounding exercise. Until you can emotionally regulate. That's the word. That's the practice that we do here, we emotionally regulate anything that has become dysregulated. If our anger is out of control, I need to regulate it. I know I throw out a lot of these words and terms, but it's our new language. This is the language of emotional health that we want to utilize in our lives and in our families. Everybody in the family being on the same page. So let's go on. M. Are my, I'm sorry, am I listening between the lines so that I actually hear what the other person is saying? That's the listen between the lines. That's stop the cycle going on and on and on, spinning in your head. Take that deep breath, that calm, centered, deep breath. Ground yourself. And believe me, this happens in milliseconds. So you can actually hear what they're saying. And are my nonverbals, my eye contact, my tone of voice, my facial expressions, my body language as direct, diplomatic, and clear as my words? Am I exaggerating, being overly dramatic, or using universal statements like always and never? Early on in my family uh, rearing of my children, my husband and I, we I think it was Brooke again, was like, or they all everybody was would use the words always you never you don't do you da, da. and we just said we can't say those universal statements because it's rare that someone's never done something am i speaking with facts not judgments or supposition am i using i instead of you 
so I don't enter the blaming and the shaming game. Instead of you make me feel, you say, I feel this. Now, here's where that aroma freedom therapy has come in in a mighty way in our work is that I have to name my one word feeling and where I feel it in my body so that I I am present in the moment. What am I feeling right now and where do I feel it in my body? So critical, so important. And am I collecting strength on a daily basis when and if I can? Oh, this is so critical. Please listen in, man. This is so, so important to make sure I am fully present to the other person. (sighs) Am I collecting strength? It's also in Overcoming Hurtful Words. believe it's practice five. Not sure. Let me check real quick so I'm accurate with my own book content. (laughs) Collecting strength. Yep, practice five. Good to know. Memory's good. Do I need to examine my busyness? And last question I ask is, am I making everybody's business my business? And am I making my business everybody's business? Use discretion and be led by wisdom. I love it. So powerful. We want to be self-aware. Softly looking at ourselves does not mean glossing over our difficulties or faults. It means viewing ourselves through Christ's compassionate eyes. Power comes from such true self-awareness. Remember the power of self-awareness. It's not selfish. Aggression, coming from a place of aggression, is selfish, but not assertiveness. So let me pull out this little paper. You can hear some noise. And... I just want to ask you these questions as we're coming to the end here. Maybe these questions will help you assess your style and how you communicate. Do you voice your opinions or remain silent? Do you say yes to additional work even when your plate is full and you want to say no? Are you quick to judge, blame, criticize? Are you quick to judge, to blame, to criticize? to shift the blame and the shame to someone else? Do people seem to dread or fear talking to you? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. How do people feel when you walk in the room, when you walk in the home, when you walk in? It's a guiding question in my life. It was also a place of deep woundedness, and I write about that in Overcoming, but now it's a place of great healing and a great strength. And I say, when I walk into the room, what atmosphere, what aura is coming with me? Am I coming from a place of health and wholeness and well-being and strength and humility? Yeah. Powerful, right? Do you voice your opinions or remain silent? We want to be peacemakers in our lives, not peacekeepers. Simply meaning that we want to be able to hold others accountable. That was our last episode. And in doing so, we do that from a position, from a stance of healthy assertiveness. So here's 
how I began this work in my life and how I now do this work with my clients. So let me just talk about Debbie and Dave. Random names. They are not real. They're not based on anyone real. Debbie and Dave come into uh, a session. They come into a heart lift intensive. That's what I do. I do intensives. And we cut to the punch quick. We get there fast. And they are at a place where they're trying to implement this new language of healthy emotional um, health, this language of love in their family. And Dave is a repressor. He doesn't really know how to be in touch with his emotions, which isn't odd. Many of us aren't. And he needs to know how to use his voice and say what he really means and say it directly and diplomatically and get to the point while offering it in love and authority and grace. Debbie needs to be able to be in a place to receive that. And so as I work with couples, I just give them these simple, tiny little nuggets on how they can improve their relationship and their intimacy by being assertive. That just means both parties, though, both parties have to be in. They have to be in the game. They have to be in and on board with all of these A's we've talked about, with their attachment, they know their attachment style, they are accepting one another, they are attuned and aware of their own behavior, And but when they get to a blind spot, it's important that the partner be able to hold them accountable by practicing healthy assertiveness. So, for instance, um, Debbie and Dave made this commitment They signed their contract with me that they were going to be on the same page with the emotional health language that I call the language of love. And I'm creating a guide for this, so stay tuned. And they've made a commitment to accept from one another instructions, direction, helpful tools on how the other person can best communicate to him or her. So Debbie has said to Dave, when you say this, or when you say that, or when you look at me with this certain look on your face, it melts me into a puddle of tears, and it makes me feel small, and it intimidates me, and I'm fearful, and I shrink. And Dave was like, what? I had no idea. What face are you talking about? And I was able to to mediate and help them navigate. And he received it so beautifully. I was just so blessed to be in the presence of this very young couple who are so committed to becoming healthy in their family and in their language and in their emotions that he was like, I don't ever want to do that face to you again. So show me and tell me. And sometimes I ask them to give each other a a physical cue, either touch the forearm, touch the shoulder, um, maybe get a little closer, grab a hand, something that would um, 
tenderly connect you to the, connect you to each other physically. Like I have given my husband permission to just put his hand on my forearm if I am um, spinning or saying something that is gonna not end up good, right? That's gonna end up. You're doing that again. Oh, what am I doing? And without getting defensive, I respond to him. Okay, tell me what it is that I'm doing that is hurtful or that is alienating you or that is making you move away from me so that we can, I can change this behavior and this pattern and communicate better and more healthy. So that way, Debbie and Dave, Rob and Janelle, you and your partner, you and your intimate are able to be able to speak into each other's life, use your voice directly, diplomatically, and with love and grace, no shaming, no blaming, no judging, no criticizing, no isolating, no pushing away, no harsh prosody, no harsh tone of voice, no harsh facial features, body postures, where both of you know it's safe, you know you're safe together, and you have created this heart-lifting atmosphere in which you can say what needs to be said and then move on. So that's probably as clear as mud. <laughs> but this is going to be part one because I think it's critical and I want to move into part two because I want to give you some skill building on how to move from a defensive posture when you are being confronted or someone else's behavior is shutting you down or causing triggers to be activated. I want to give you real practical de ways to disarm your defense mechanism. So maybe we'll go into a little bit of our defense mechanisms, which is also in the next book in part two next week. So that's a lot of information today. I'm sorry to overload you. I so, so, so don't want to do that. But I also want to um, equip you and give you beautiful tools because we, my friends, are created for intimacy. I love that Henry Cloud writes, we're created for intimacy to connect with someone with heart, soul, and mind, and body. Intimacy occurs when we are open, vulnerable, and honest. For these qualities help us to be close to each other. Boy, that's it for today. Take a breath. I'll see you next time. Remember, always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleReardon.com.